0: Canada Curious, this is the Yes We Canada podcast, the progressives guide to getting the fuck out. This episode is called North of Duluth. Hi, I'm Matt Zimbel. And I'm Mio Adelman. I understand
1: for years you've heard that Canadians are nice people. Canadians are a polite people. And let's be completely honest here. You've also quietly heard that Canadians are a dull people. This episode will prove that theory so fucking wrong.
0: (laughs) Well, you just proved that we're not a polite people. Polite people don't curse in the second sentence of a podcast intro. Fuck off. (laughs) And you've just proved that Canadians are not nice. So with those two out of the way, let's tackle this dull, boring thing. Have you heard that theory, Mio, that, that Canadians are dull? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, well, I, I, it's, I hear more about Canadians being polite, but is it possible that being polite is a gateway drug to becoming dull? I think so, because I think that when
1: you want to be polite, you don't want controversy. So when you don't want controversy, you don't argue about things. And when you don't argue about things conversation can turn out to be very everybody's in agreement you know is is that
0: why i'm so exciting
1: i think that's why you were hired to do this show (laughs) because you agree with everything that we say on the show
0: (laughs) i hope not (laughs) please i feel like i'm working with my grandfather here Uh,
1: Mio, you're not working with your grandfather Okay. I moved to Canada as a teenager. And after a couple months, I went back to New York to visit my friends. And I remember they had this joke that they just thought was just freaking hilarious. And it went like this. What is a
0: Canadian's favorite color? I I have no idea. Gray. 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 Because because gray is a boring color or a dull color or something like that?
1: Uh yeah, it's not what you'd call a vibrant color, right? That's what they paint, battleships
0: and stuff like that, right? So <laughs> battleships are kind of exciting, but okay, yeah. So
1: so but but I mean look, this is something that Canadians and Americans cannot really even agree on because they can't even agree on how to spell the word. For example, in the US, the spelling of gray is G-R-A-Y. And more commonly in Canada, it's spelled G-R-E-Y.
0: I, you know, honestly, this is so far. This I'm conversation ha- is getting duller and duller and duller. I- I'm having wow. fun.
1: Here's the thing: <laughs> my friends were right. Half my clothes are gray. My living room is gray. My hair is gray. But enough about me being dull, because I'm already <laughs> bored. Same here. Yeah, good. Because this episode will prove that Canadians are anything but dull. Canada is a nation of excitement in waiting. We're going to start today with the tawdry tale of love on the floor of the House of Commons. That's like our Congress. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work our way down from there. This is a tryst tale of romantic conservatism. This
0: is a (laughs) rom-com. Romantic conservatism. That just (laughs) feels so, I don't know, boring? Mm Mm-hmm. Dull? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, nonetheless, this is a true story, an actual story about a pretty blonde woman who worked as an executive in her father's really successful business. She was attracted to politics, and though she had no experience in politics, she decided to get into it right at the pro level. No local school board trustee bullshit for her. Does this all sound sort of familiar to you?
1: Full disclosure here. I'm not a pretty Mm -hmm. blonde girl who has succeeded in business with a hand up from my wealthy father. But I would imagine that if one was a blonde woman with inherited success, there could be some public perception that a blonde, successful young lady in her father's business did not earn her achievements. Not a bad albatross to have around your neck, but an albatross all the same.
0: Let me introduce you to Belinda Stronick, the daughter of Frank Stronick, who is one of Canada's most successful businessmen ever. His net worth is $3 billion or so, give or take. And he's listed as Canada's 22nd wealthiest dude. And he's my kind of guy. He quit high school. You're, you're not into post-secondary? I'm not a post-secondary guy.
1: I'm one of those non-college-educated white males. And you voted for Trump. I said, not college-educated, I'm not stupid. I did not vote for Trump. I quit high school in grade 10. My only regret in life is that I should have quit in grade 9. (laughs) You're so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get back to Frank Stronach. When he turned 14, he quit school in his native Austria and became a tool and die maker. And in 1954, he immigrated to Canada, where he went on to make a fortune in the auto parts business. In fact, he made so much money that his company once seriously considered putting a bid together to buy Chrysler. Yes, that Chrysler. It's the classic rags-to-riches immigrant tale. His company now employs more than 168,000 people around the world. His charitable giving has been substantial and in some cases pretty innovative. And he has been slow to embrace a union shop But his non-union employees receive profit-sharing, stock options, and other benefits that, of course, drive the Canadian auto workers' union out of their fucking minds. His company, Magna International, has come close to collapse a number of times and has always just barely escaped demise. Now, this company, Magna, make auto parts... And they play the ponies big time because they own a lot of horse racing tracks and they're they're horse breeders. And that's where their real passion is. is, It's not car parts,
0: but in playing the ponies. Yeah, I mean, this is all fascinating. But can we get back to the blonde rich part of the story?
1: Go. Blonde ambition. It's all yours.
0: (laughs) Here's the difference between our blonde rich girl and your blonde rich girl. Ours actually got elected. Mm-hmm. Belinda ran as a conservative party candidate in the district where Pops was one of the biggest employers. So she won by a margin of about... What? 689 votes. That's not a lot. No.
1: <laughs> so Belinda Stronach gets to Ottawa. That's our Washington. And she starts dating another young member of parliament named Pete. Pete. Peter McKay is not just another member... He's been voted sexiest MP on the Hill for six years in a row.
0: According to who? Who gets the vote? I don't know. This, is, like... this doesn't sound very corporate.
1: No, it doesn't. Does it? <laughs> Now, trust me, the competition is not that rigorous. Like, you may have heard that politics is also known as show business for ugly people. <laughs> so Pete comes from a Nova Scotia political dynasty. His father was a cabinet minister in the Brian Mulroney government of the early 1990s. In fact, his dad was the Minister of National Revenue. Then he became the Minister of Public Works. Oh, wow. Then the this Minister is, this
0: of... Is, stop it, stop it. This is really... You are actually making this a very dull story.
1: Okay, but stick with me, because if you don't know this story already, Mio, it's going to blow your
0: mind. What, the story about Elmer McKay? No, the story about Belinda and Pete. Yeah, no, that's what I want. I just don't need the father's resume. Look... I'm Canadian now. I have, I have taken on some of the,
1: the dull ballast I, I, of, I, of my I, citizenship.
0: I know, but you gave me the abridged biography of Frank Stronach, and now you gave me sort of the, the brief bio of Elmer McKay. I want to hear the, the, the rom-con. Yes,
1: we Canada.
0: Podcasting made dull. Romantic conservatism.
1: <laughs> that sounds like something you'd get at the, at the church in, in, in Rome. So Belinda and Pete are having a great time in Ottawa. They're dating, they're legislating on the opposition benches. And then, after a few caucus meetings, Belinda realizes, holy fuck, these conservatives are so mean. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in climate change. They're reducing funding to the arts. They're against gay marriage. I'm much more liberal than they are, so on May 16th, 2005, Belinda has dinner with her lover and caucus member Pete at an Ottawa pub and then leaves without mentioning where she's going. Pete goes to a party fundraiser to press the flesh and harvest some ching-ching, and <laughs> Belinda is whisked off to 24 Sussex Drive.
0: Do you remember that address? We've been through this before in a, in a previous episode, 24 Sussex Drive. Mm-hmm. That's the prime minister's crib, Mm -hmm. you know, chilling at the prime minister's crib, right? The condemned home with defective wiring and asbestos insulation, our White House, okay? At the time, the resident of 24 Sussex is liberal prime minister Paul Martin, who hosts a lavish dinner in Belinda's honor, and she ate twice that night, and (laughs) offers her a cabinet post if she leaves the conservative party and crosses the floor to join his Liberal Party. At the time, the balance of power in the House of Commons was so close that one seat could mean the government's survival. Enter St. Belinda, Minister of the Crown, Saviorette. Just one little problem. A
1: Peter problem. (laughs) Now, obviously, not the first time a gal has had a problem with a Peter, but this (laughs) one's also a member.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Peter gets dumped by Belinda, the new Minister of Human Resources and Skills Development, and he flees Ottawa to his father's farm in Nova Scotia to lick his wounds. Talk about getting swiped left. Now, I'd like to put this in terms that are perhaps a little more personal for you. It's like Mitch McConnell waking up one day and saying, Oh, my God, we are so mean. How can we refuse to fund the Children's Health Insurance Program? How? Children? That's it. I'm crossing the floor to the Dems. We will lose our majority, and I'm going to fall in love with that hottie, Nancy Pelosi. Later, dudes.
0: I'm (laughs) out of (laughs) here. And as you're about to learn, the right is righteous— Mm -hmm. They can sustain huge injuries to their body politic and just keep ticking. Belinda, who? Scandals, (laughs) dirty deeds. I mean, all sides have their problem children. But I'm telling you this story to build on my argument that up here, we're not dull. Especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to our scandals. Now, some would say, Mio, don't do your dirty laundry in public. Don't yak about our national shortfalls in a podcast with over a million subscribers. And believe me, I would never do that on a podcast with a million subscribers. <laughs> but this next story, it's too good to keep from you. On September 6, 2015, this is the headline in the newspaper. Conservative candidate caught peeing in coffee mug, no longer running, party says. <laughs> what? What? I don't even
1: know. I <laughs> I remember that. I remember seeing that headline. I had to read it twice, think about it for a few seconds, and then go wash my hands. <laughs> Conservative candidate caught peeing in coffee mug no longer running, party, party says. says. You see back in 2012, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the CBC. This is your marketplace. Did a consumer special on small home appliance repair. Testing appliance repairs starts now. See, we're not dull up here in Canada. No. The domestic TV is fascinating. (laughs) The CBC set up some hidden cameras in a house in Toronto and had some different companies come in to repair various things, you know, a leaky sink, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Then they compared the bills, they compared the results, the performance, et cetera, Look, you know the drill. You've seen one consumer show, you've seen them all, until the repair guy whips out Jumbo, pees in a coffee cup, pours it down the sink, then puts the cup back in the cupboard. I mean, come on.
0: We've all done that, right? On TV? So this story gets even more bizarre. Then the guy decides to run for a conservative seat in the House of Commons. He gets vetted by the party. And for some reason, the question, have you ever peed in a coffee cup while repairing a sink and be recorded by a hidden camera during a consumer television show? That question strangely never comes up. You'll find a Canadian vetting to be very polite. Asking a question about bodily functions is just very much not polite. Absolutely. Now, Tom Mulcair, who was at the time the leader of the
1: opposition of the New Democratic Party, which is like our Bernie bros type of thing, social democrats, (laughs) He holds a press conference to address the other party's pee-in-a-coffee-cup problem and says, quote, This must be someone who's adept at the conservative party's trickle-down theory of economics. Any other questions?
0: Did he really say that? He did.
1: Now, for my younger listeners, trickle-down economics is founded on the principle that if you give the wealthy and the corporations huge tax cuts, the money they save on those taxes they'll spend on the little people. They just won't piss it away.